0: Hi everyone, welcome to Unjustified True Beliefs, the podcast in which we talk about our beliefs and we try to validate them using philosophy, psychology and maths. Today we are discussing one of the beliefs which is very old. It's It comes from Indian mythology and it's one of the most holy, sacred texts in India. It's the Bhagavad Gita and we have Akash Verma uh, with us on the podcast today who has read it completely and can guide us. The essence we're trying to get out of this episode is What are the life hacks we can use from Bhagavad Gita in our daily lives? So let me welcome everyone today and uh, thanks for joining this podcast. Before we get into the main stuff, I would request you, if you've been listening to our podcast for a long time, to like and subscribe to us. Let me start with this question. Who here has any knowledge of Bhagavad Gita? If you have, what is your extent of knowledge So let me start with Shruti today.
1: I know what the Bhagavad Gita is. Uh, I think that uh, it was something that uh, in in the battlefield, uh, Arjuna is confused that uh, on both sides it's his family and winning or losing does not change anything for him. Either way, it's going to be a sad time and he does not know whether it is the right thing to do. So this is when Krishna steps in to uh, advise Arjuna about how he needs to, I think, tackle this situation and how it's his duty and responsibility to complete what he is meant to be doing. Uh, I think that's that, That's my understanding of what the Bhagavad Gita is. And in terms of what I know of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, in addition to what I acquired over the last week, I think one of the only things I knew about uh, the Bhagavad Gita is the phrase about... Uh, Performing uh, your, uh, keep doing, uh, putting your efforts into things without uh, focusing on the outcome and the result. Uh, that's something I have always struggled with in my life. Uh, I always put a lot of thought and it only creates anxiety. It does not lead anywhere. Uh, it definitely hinders the effort that I put into what I'm doing. So that's something that my mom has been saying from when I'm young. Probably at the age of 14, 15 is when this whole focusing on the result than the process and the effort at hand had started so I think that was the only uh, recalling of Bhagavad Gita I have in addition to like I said what I read over the last week I think from whatever I read over the last week I understand it's a book on it looked like a book which teaches you uh, the right way to live live life it um, it's some kind of a self-help book in some way it motivates you to uh, do uh what is whatever you are supposed to be doing i think it motivates you to do anything it it also helps you in identifying what is the right thing for you to do it also helps you in picking up that goal and what are important and what is not important in your life and yeah i think it teaches you to uh how to become peaceful happy and content which i think at some level most of your self help books are doing so it's like some source of motivation.
0: You started off saying that you don't know anything about Bhagavad Gita, then you kind of summarized it. What it is. So. <laughs> no,
1: I, I read it for a week, but so keeping I, us I in
0: the dark, These views huh?
1: really <laughs> can be challenged very easily. So <laughs> that's what I meant. It's-
0: Let's hear it from the expert. We'll, we'll come to Akash in the end. Uh, we'll uh, we'll go around and uh, for the less. Uh, like uh, less informed, I would say. And then we'll come to Akash from his his uh, understanding of Bhagavad Gita and how he got inspired uh, into reading it and what he has got out of it. So let's move to Karthik. What is your knowledge and what is your uh, motivation so far with Bhagavad Gita? Like how did you, you said you were interested in knowing about it. So let's uh, I'll hear a bit of a backstory and what you know about it
2: actually. So about the Bhagavad Gita itself... Not much like Shruti said that uh, the only uh, part of it that is that I remember is the Karmanya uh, Vadikaras That uh, thing because I, I can still hear my father's voice, he he loves that uh, saying that. So I uh, that's something I can still hear him saying, but I, um, other than that, I in in my childhood my parents bought me this Amar Chitra Katha of the Mahabharat so I read the and in general I've read the Mahabharat uh, a slightly less abridged version than the uh, Amar Chitra Katha as well so that's the extent of my uh, relation to the Bhagavad Gita itself uh, so but other than that probably not much yeah uh, I do here I did here uh does Chalendra version of it uh he has this 14-hour video on youtube uh that i started listening to w- w- in preparation for this episode but as expected i couldn't get very far into it but it was still very insightful about how people interpret the different things that were said in the Bhagavad Gita so that's something I'm very interested in like how our interpretation plays a role into what we think the Gita has to offer
0: that saying is profound and every Indian household know about it like you know if you know about Bhagavad Gita you know that like just work and do not expect the results out of your work but there is more to Bhagavad Gita than that and today's episode is to find out what are the other learnings apart from that main learning and even I have some questions on, on that main learning as well that it says Krishna says that you should focus all your effort and your thoughts onto me when you're doing your work. I want to understand that aspect as well as we go along. Um, now let's get to Jyoti and uh, let's hear from her what is her knowledge of Bhagavad Gita and how, did, how much she knows about it.
3: So I think uh, all I know about Bhagavad Gita has been pretty much covered over here. All I knew is that it's a book which tells us about what um, Krishna, Lord Krishna, God Krishna, told Arjun before he went to battle. That is what I understood. And um, it is no, also not written by him. It was overheard by someone and then someone went and told the king about it. So it is just a version of a version which was heard and then written. So now we are reading it. The thing is, like uh, you mentioned, many Indian households do have that book. And it's been in my house, the Hindi and the English version, for like years. And um, I guess earlier it was too... It just looks like a scary text, right? Like there is... (laughs) Scary from the size, right? Yeah, And... uh and now when i am um, when i'm willing to read it um, still i mean i have so many expectations from it so i just want to read it when i don't have so many expectations from it so that i do not tend to judge it too soon and um, i guess that's why i've been waiting for so long i just want to read it without having too many expectations because uh, yeah i don't want to judge it too soon So that's all I know. So as (laughs) I too read ACK books, but that was more of Ramayan. I never went to Mahabharat. I am a big Ramayan fan, not a Mahabharat fan. So I do not know anything about Mahabharat. And hence, I do not know anything about the Bhagavad Gita. But I do plan to read it at some point.
0: I'm very curious that why is Gita the Sar of Mahabharat? Why is that chapter so important uh, from the rest of Mahabharat? And what is the learning? So let's get to the main guy of today's episode. Let's get to Akash, and he- let's hear his story on how he got initiated with Bhagavad Gita.
4: Uh, thanks, Varan. Thanks, Rathika, and Thank Jyoti for organizing this such wonderful platform to discuss Bhagavad Gita. And that's also the beginning of the year itself. It's a good start of the year, if it runs like that. Uh, to start with, I started uh, Bhagavad Gita or Krishna Consciousness back uh, when I actually moved to Australia. In India, I was just like any random guy doing the daily rituals, going to temples, to walk, pray for God. Oh, please help me with my exams. Please help me with this particular work or something like that. Just remembering him during the, what you call is a uh, key time when you're actually looking for maybe a job or maybe anything else that you actually want. It's kind of a business deal you end up doing. But then I when I moved to Melbourne, I thought, uh, I didn't want to make any deals, let's understand now that i'm by myself i can spend understand what what my roots are like for i'm not sure if you remember the bamboo tree it only goes stronger and taller depending on how roots are spread deeper right it's like five ten years you'll get that strong root and then you can shoot, see the shoot it has shoot it up maybe 100 feet 50 feet along so it's more i found out maybe i should first understand my roots because if i'm overseas and I'll be facing a lot of challenges back here in home own country. There so a lot of guidance that you get from your family, friends. There might be good guidance, bad guidance, depending upon different situation. But when you come overseas, you're uh, all by yourself. You don't know what kind of friends you make, what kind of your association has. It actually, gradually changes your, your whole life direction. So a few friends may go, like those may be entangled or may, may enjoy doing parties, and then you end up doing more parties there might be a few friends who are more studious, you end up doing more studies. So maybe there might be someone who is more business minded, so you try to get uh, mingled around with them and go start to do something related to start. So I thought maybe once I understand these things, what is good and bad for me and what will help me basically understand who I am, that will help me uh, to challenge or maybe also to channelize my career, my life in a better way. So that's how I started my journey and I started visiting, uh, first started reading by myself. As Karthik said, it's quite on understanding the interpretation. Like for even if you go to universities and colleges, uh, what we need is actually we need someone guidance, a teacher who actually guides us. Okay, do this, do don't do this, do's and don'ts, and how you do it actually. Like for example, I was learning it myself on online. I realized I was playing on the wrong direction. I was not holding the string in the right way, actually. That's why I was struggling to re- play the guitar at first place. But then gradually, when I went to a teacher who taught me how to play guitar, he said, what you did wrong, you should supposed to play old strings in this particular way. like, so oh. "Okay." And now that I'm that so used to it, it takes me uh, like months to actually change my technique for a long time. So it's like more. It's kind of just a river but You keep on going on the same path. It keep on just fo- uh, flowing through the same direction. So that's how I actually understand. Uh, like you need a good guidance of actually understanding these scriptures, because a lot of people interpret according to their own way. And then you may say it's a book about fighting. People, we should fight, and this and that. Some people say it's more about peaceful. Some people say it's more about motivation or so. So it all have a different and interpretation and then what your intention what intention you approach with it and what you get on that book that's how it goes for example i started uh taking a few classes or maybe i would say started uh associating with uh this con when then had some sumptuous meals after that then i was got more interested okay let's do some reading as well i'm not just eat in meals like as a student you are always looking for where i can get good meals you're just focusing on your studies, doing part-time job. Ah, uh, finally I can have some meals here. And no one has to cook. That's how I actually started my journey. And then they actually started, they did, there was no force on that you have to start doing or start reading. They usually have that place there, deciding, going on, they actually actually teaching it. Just like a student and teacher, there's and then there a lot of disciples and students listening it, Thinking back and forth questions. That's how the student life or the is, right? We go and ask them a question. Okay, how what I'm supposed to do? How am I supposed to do or if you have any confusion of what you have read from your previous life? I remember the Monash motto, like Saransh and we studied from Monash University. The motto was like, unlearn what you have learned and relearn the new. I have to unlearn what I've done think wrong and then relearn and to make it actually better right now and then actually implement it in my future life. Um, Motive- and That's how actually it actually motivated me uh, hunting jobs. And I thought uh, I should first fix myself, then I will be able to get jobs and whatever I need to do. And uh, and even all the, what you call, the essential parts I need in a life a good family, a good wife, a good husband, or a good house, a good everything else. So that naturally comes. And going back is.
0: I would say making my roots stronger was my more intention. So, so what do you mean by making your roots stronger? Uh, so when you say, um, I understand there is, uh, so this is a concept which is difficult for me to comprehend. Like I understand physical strength. I understand mental uh, capability. I some, also some somewhat understand emotional stability, but what is spiritual strength or what do you mean by making your root stronger spiritually
4: um let's say spiritually making your root stronger is actually understanding who am i what, what am i here why am i doing here like we always like my the purpose what, what i want to do someone is like my purpose is to play an excellent guitar or maybe and the best coder i want to be or be an Elon Musk and have some lot of invention going around what's your purpose what do you want to do for example i would say gita is Keeping religion away. Gita is simply, as I said, you can consider the a self-help book. It is actually, I would say, a manual. Like if you buy a phone mm-hmm. or a laptop, we go through instruction, right? How to use it, what these buttons do, if I do that and this, like that. So, Bhagavad Gita is actually that manual. If you read it, you actually understand how your body is made, what's your body structure, like not on anatomy not basis, but on the basis of your, like, talks about it. Twelve and thirteen chapters. Uh, the structure of um, what do you call it? Is taraad and satvik. Like what kind of food you eat? Yeah. What kind of uh, association you know. have? you wake up, you are lazy, you lazy? Are you a uh, laid-back person? Are you energetic? You want to do a lot of things at the same time. So actually, you, you are able to understand yourself and what category I set. and then you also work on that okay what kind of job will be better for what kind mm. of person you know what kind of job is better? for example i've seen a uh, few coders who are like they don't want to do coding they are just there because it feels well uh, they just want to uh, mm-hmm. loiter around and work around things uh so they are more, more energetic there are few people who are more communicative they want to talk to people so they are an analyst field or more maybe consulting, so that's how I was able to understand myself. What field will be better for me? And then uh, reading these scriptures under the proper guidance was quite important because I, if I would read by myself, it would have given me completely different interpretation. And what would have read under the guidance gives me a good interpretation. Also, there are like hundreds and thousands of Bhagavad Gita copies I read before, um, and there are in my there like. Trillion copies. It is one of the best seller books from ever since when it was written. Um, but finding the right source with the right interpretation is more important, as Sharan said uh, previously. Is like is keeping Krishna in the mind, keeping God in the mind, and doing the activities. In that way, you are not attached to. It. That's the essence about it. About reading Bhagavad Gita or doing any activities, not being attached to what you are doing. As, uh, as Shruti said, it's not about looking forward the being a more process oriented rather than result oriented. So it's that like tuning yourself into that line. And making groups stronger is just understanding that manual first. Who am I? Why am I here? What I'm supposed to do and how am I supposed to do.
2: I see. So you you mentioned that there's a it's important to understand the right interpretation of the Gita, right? Like, I w- I'm just wondering, like, if I tomorrow if I end up reading the Gita on my own, is there a wrong way to interpret it at all, or is it very subjective? Like, you you stressed on the importance of guidance. Why? How do you think guidance? What What is the most important thing that that guidance would provide, as opposed to me just opening the Gita and reading it by myself? Like,
4: uh, good question. One thing happened is like when I was reading with my few friends, few female friends, male friends that like we just kind of reading, there's one intention they got about it is always talking about he should do that, he's it's about male perspective. And then mm-hmm. some women more feminist or more like woman power, and I totally supported that. So it's, mm-hmm. they think it as like, okay, what about women? What they are supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So they are getting mm-hmm. like, oh, it is just more not feminist, it's not, there's more men. So, like, okay, it's actually it's not about that English. It was written back in, uh, like, I'm not sure which Bhagavad Gita you're reading. I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita as it is. Uh, so, it's actually that authentic. I found to be most most related. To myself. Um, this English was written in 1970s, 1960s. That time it was more English or a male dominance. It was more of male, uh, so he and and he is supposed to do that, and that perspective. And then they actually, when you explain, like, okay, then it's somehow alright because it was old English. And according to New English, you can consider if it is a husband or a wife talking about, it, then it should be just replace your sexes. So it's not too much of stress on that. Then the feminist question has been just there. Uh, other than that, was few key points are there. If un, though the purport in the scriptures, it actually gives you detailed explanation, but. Uh, when you actually talk to people, you have some questions, like whatever you read, you have some question on that. You are unable to clear your thoughts on those questions. But when you have the right guidance, and then you have the right association, you can talk to them and ask them those questions. OK, I was just wondering, I was reading this particular text. Like, for example, you mentioned the So it's, it's more focusing upon. We only remember that term because it's more broadcasted throughout all TV series and movies every single time in the background. music, you know, But uh, the essence is about uh, not being attached, speaking of process-oriented, and also focusing on that, uh, keeping Krishna in the mind, keeping God in mind. I'm doing this work. And I'm not doing it for my own enjoyment. I'm doing for him. And when, then that's what the Krishna says about. Do with me in your thoughts. And no matter what happens, you will come to me. And you don't have to worry. whether it's auspicious or inauspicious. You don't have to get the result on or talk about the karma, the negative or the positive. You do with a good heart. Whatever will happen,
0: mm.
4: at the end you will be fine. Even in uh, the 18th chapter, Krishna says, uh, so No matter what happens, you can go any religion, any creed, caste, whatever you want to be. You come into my surrender. And then uh, I'll take care of all the things and give you all the protection. And even if you visit temples, you can see your God, like deities are one hand, one hand like this and one hand like this, actually saying, Okay, calm down, you're protected in this, actually giving you something written. Like Lord Ganesha holding laddus in hands, uh, or Lakshmi holding some gold coins or something like that. So, in a similar way, uh okay, holding a knife or through or mace or something. That, Protection. That's how you feel.
1: calm down and surrender to a It's just like learning anything else, right? Like if you were to learn physics, you would go to a teacher. You can always try reading it by yourself, but uh, with the right guidance, there's definitely going to be a difference in how you can learn. You will eventually learn physics if you uh, read it by yourself. You can stumble upon it multiple times. You'll take the right path, wrong path. Eventually, get on path. Uh, I think reading the Bhagavad Gita is the same thing. Uh, if there is somebody to teach you, possibly you can start off better. Once you're equipped better to understand physics, you can read yourself. So probably that holds for even Bhagavad Gita. Once you understand the basic essence of it, you can definitely, I think, go back, read and build your own interpretations. Maybe once you're in that space to be able to make that uh, judgment on what the book is about and what it holds for
2: you i was actually thinking the same thing that you said uh, comparing it to something that i would have learned like physics or maths or probability but that implies to say that there is a r- right way of, like i would say there's a right way to learn physics this objective this is the right thing that you you're supposed to learn in physics and if you read it and you do not arrive to that conclusion you're simply wrong i'm not sure that assumption holds true with the bhagavad gita as well like is it is there a right way to learn the bhagavad-gita or because there is definitely for all of the sciences at least there is a right way to do them and that's why you need a teacher because there is an established no matter which teacher you go to the pythagoras theorem will be taught the same way but that is that true for the bhagavad-gita
3: i'll ask the question in a. will ask the question in a different way so let me do that yep so Again, like I think the last point Karthik said, I'll just want to say what I think of that. Like there's a right answer to a physics, like let's take a problem, but there are many ways to do it. So that is how I would say it. So my question is that if, I think uh, Akash mentioned sometime earlier that if you, if you you if you want peace from it, you will get peace from it but if you're going like if you if you go with it with the intention to fight probably that is what it will teach you so so if it is available that flexibility is available in the you know bhagavad gita then i'm not sure if there is a right way to do it because if i want to fight and i go to the gita for guidance will it change my opinion and make me a peaceful person or or will it teach me how to fight better? Because you do have to fight sometimes in life. I'm not talking about like war and knives and stuff, but like just life. So you have to push back and fight sometimes in life. So will Gita change me, um, my opinions or my behaviour into a more peaceful person or will I just will it just teach me to be a better fighter? Well,
4: actually I would say it's more about consciousness. What it focuses on about what consciousness you work activity. Like, for example, I would say everyone loves, like they think, or they know it. that's true, that their mother cooks the best meal ever. No one can eat their meals. Why does that happen? Because the consciousness of your mother is giving that, putting that love. My daughter, my son, is going to eat this meal. And I'm going to make it the best whatever I can do with whatever ingredients I have. And then you have that meal, it's like amazing, delicious. But if you have the same ingredients and you cook it yourself, you're trying to consciously, trying to just make it like, OK, I have to rush to work. I have to work, I have to work assignments, and just complete and just eat it. So you don't feel that same taste. So what a teachers can Consciously, you do that activity. Like when uh, Arjuna was uh, well, like confused, what I'm supposed to do. Like fighting, as I said, even if you want to fight. The confusion is whether to fight or not. If I want to peace down, whether to be peace down or not what kind of peace you are actually looking for. Even if someone is beating a lady on the street and you just want to be calm. Yeah, no worries. I'm away from everything. That is not peace. You have to right stand for the right activity, stand for the right people, or sign for the right orientation. What I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to do. So it's that is talking about the consciousness, what consciousness you perceive, what consciousness you have. And with that consciousness, if you work your activity, you will find success or failure it doesn't matter because you're not looking for the result. You're just more looking for doing that activity consciously. And when you have that teacher or the guidance, you are able to channelize your consciousness in a right
3: way. Is it safe to assume that if I... I guess it's just interpretations. Like what I can get from the Gita right now will be... might I might get something different or something more... or actually something different, more definitely. but. What I'm trying to say is, I might understand it differently after ten years.
4: Yes, because you have more ten years of work experience or ten years of <laughs> life experience, right?
3: Definitely. You would see, Definitely.
4: oh, yeah. I should have done that better, yeah. or maybe I should have done that way better, or could have been better. Mm-hmm. So maybe you may have grit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, I, I, I should not have done that, mm-hmm. or I should have could have actually read it ten years before. I could have solved my problem easily. Yep,
3: exactly. So
4: with life experience take current positives and negatives, and then you implement in your future life or give the same knowledge to your friends or your dependents. Give the same knowledge to them. And that's why people say, like, either you read it in the beginning that's better. That's what I found out. It's really better when you read it in the beginning rather than the end. Because at the end, you're like, oh, no, I should have done something different. That could have literally changed your whole life or something channel. And that's actually what we are, it's more about make, making those right choices at the right time. Mm-hmm. Like if I was uh, if I made a wrong decision choice, I would have been uh, maybe in India or maybe in Canada or maybe somewhere else. I, mm-hmm. I made a wrong choice. I mean, yeah. So it's all about having the right choice and having that uh, consciousness or having that knowledge to be able to make those decisions. This is what actually Arjuna is asking. Can you help me understand? So we, for us, it may take weeks, months, and hours to read it. But that actually, Bhagavad Gita was read in just 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. 45 minutes, conversation is over. Send so us just motivational is
0: And we are taking like so long just trying to understand what it's trying to
4: say. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. That's really interesting. You said it helps in decision making. Um, So I want to ask you, what are the insights, some of the key insights, or some of the, maybe the mantras or some chapters which were most influential to you in your life and they have helped you to make better decisions so that is the main intent of today's podcast so that we can get some life hacks from this uh bhagavad gita and uh, get some you know some main learnings or insights which you use in your daily life to make better decisions
4: in, uh a few chapters or few texts that are like one of the texts focuses on um, like your mind is your enemy and your mind is your friend as well so like if I want to go for exercise now, like it's a new, new resolution, I want to, go, want to go for gym or exercise first thing in the morning. But am I able to sustain it throughout the year? Am I able to sustain it for a couple of months or not? Then making that decision is like we all focus on like artificial intelligence. We have our intelligence. Bhagavad Gita speaks that this is our body machine, basically. And you have a soul sitting in there trying to work around, do your activity. And making sure my intelligence work in the right direction, maybe hitting that snooze button, whether my mind takes over it or whether I know I'm not going to snooze, I'm gonna go up, get brush my teeth, and I'm gonna hit the road. So that decision making helps in or making your intelligence more stronger. The second thing I like was uh, is of it talks about how to we do your duties without considering the environment. Like, um, for example, whether it is a uh, winter or summer, you still have stick to your duties. That is one interesting thing that one actually stick to me a lot. Like even in the summer or even in the winter, I'm just going to go and take my shower in morning six o'clock. That's what I'm going to do. I have to go to work. I'm going to work no matter what situation arises. So depending upon whether it is a COVID or anything that comes up, what I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to. Stay home and stay safe, or am I take precaution and work on my plans? Because staying home, I can't stay in home for my life. So those few things, and um, one of the last thing is just surrender. Everything will happen. You have to work. Basically, it's not like you don't work at all. You work, but having that consciousness, things will fall at least. Because uh, you see, like I have my plans we have all our different plans and then we go to temples or churches or mosques anything like ask them can you fix work on put your energy and work on that plan that doesn't happen so actually god has his own plan he asked wants his our energy to work upon and work on those lines that's what actually stick to me.
0: great akash you have mentored me in monash and you're still mentoring me so that, that tradition keeps on. So, uh, thanks. These are helpful. Now I, do want, uh, now I want to ask everyone else, what what was your main learning from Bhagavad Gita or maybe from this conversation so far?
1: Uh, I'll go. I think one of the things that I read during the uh, week uh, was why we should read Bhagavad Gita. Uh, it was, again, someone talking about it and they said... Uh, there's a difference between making a life and making a living. So what you learn about every day, day-to-day life, like to you learn English, you learn coding, all of these things that you learn is for making a life. Uh, what Bhagavad Gita, sorry, <laughs> making a living. Sorry, my bad, it is making a living. Uh, what Bhagavad Gita teaches you is how to make a life. Uh, just like you need to learn that, you also need to put your energies into learning this. So, that way you will have a more meaningful, happy, peaceful life. I think that kind of struck the chord with me. Uh, And one of the other things that Akash mentioned was your mind is your power, Uh, uh, it's in your control and it's also your enemy. Uh, I came across something very similar yesterday, in fact, uh, where I also got the same snooze example, in fact, where they said that uh, how that should not be the first thing you do because. you're letting your mind take control over whatever you have decided the previous night and i tried that today actually i woke up to one uh, alarm snooze only because i remembered that and i was like let me bring this into my life <laughs> and that's probably why i'm a little more jumpy today than every day <laughs> so and in general i think uh, Yeah, in general, uh, it works for me when I hear uh, what is the right thing to do. Just like any other practice in life, uh, when you're told this is what uh, is one way of living life, or uh, if you open yourself to those ideologies and those uh, suggestions and maybe try them in your life and it might work for you. Again, same thing, like if somebody tells you uh, this trick in coding works and then you do it and it works for you, right? So same way, I think even living a life uh, uh, when you welcome other ideologies, and how you can probably uh, lead a better life. If you try and practice them, it can just lead to a happier life. I think uh, that's another thing that I got from this.
3: So I think the point uh, Akash mentioned in the end, it reminds me of something we were talking about in the first season of this podcast. What are we mind, body or emotions? And I think I by the end of that episode, I had reached that conclusion that my mind, body and emotions are just tools which can either help me or they can deter me from what I want to do. And that is kind of what I think Akash wanted to say. It said that you can e- it can either be your friend or your enemy. So you need to know how to use them. And Gita is the manual. So I guess I'm just connecting different uh, points or thoughts about which I have had, and even in this podcast. <laughs> so, um, yes, I think I will definitely want to read Gita, and I thought I could probably read it later when I'm in a better, better space to, um, you know, not have too many expectations from it. But I, I think what our said is also right that the later you read it, the more uh, regrets you might have, or it's just too late, like why not read it before? Because if it's a manual, then what's the point of reading it later in life? Because yeah, you have the tools now, so why not read the manual? So yes, you have convinced me, thank you.
2: Uh, as for me, um, one thing, the thing that struck out most what when Akash, what with uh, what Akash was saying was, uh, how the Gita is just a conversation that happened for 45 minutes between uh, Krishna and Arjuna, and it is now considered to have, to be a manual for life, a 45 minute conversation, right? And so the fact that you can, people can derive meaning out of a 45 minute conversation is a marvel, A, for humans being able to be always learning or even from the smallest of things, So it is a marvel of our own minds as well, right? That people can figure out meaning from the smallest of words, every word dissected in that 45 minute conversation can be a page or chapter of its own. I'm so I guess it also left me with a few questions. One of them is like, if someone had asked me that, what can I get from probability by learning probability that I don't get today? So I will probably have a spiel for him that says that, you know what, this, you think you understand this and think this is common sense or think this is intuitive. But if you read probability, well, you will understand that common sense is not right at this at this moment. And I want to understand that with that 45 minute thing, there must be something in there that requires us to have guidance to understand a 45 minutes conversation. There is something so deep inside there that you will need guidance to understand it. So there's something non-intuitive about it, that it's it if, it. if it was common sense, it would not be so widely known. There must be something that you cannot understand with just five minutes of thinking of your own. There must be something deeper than that. And that is something I want to understand by my own. I would say that's quite on the point. It's, as you said,
4: uh, it's about conversation. When you discuss, like, previously, thousands, hundreds and thousands of years before, when India was not, like, invaded, people used to sit and talk and discuss these things, explore our mind, and actually what you learned throughout your day from your life, and then you, you used to discuss on a platform on day-to-day basis. Like, we are on live studio right now. So they used to discuss these thoughts: what my learning, what my implementation. and Then they used to converse. Okay, maybe you are like, maybe right, maybe he is right, something like that. But right mm-hmm. now we are more stuck into our earning our bread and butter. We totally forgot about that. And mm-hmm. uh, the second thing is trying to focus on um, like one of the um, one of the quotes that I remember was like you try to be as strong as a tree. Throughout your life, this struck me as strong. Be strong as a tree and be as humble as a grass. And keep, keep in your remember, God is there, He will protect you. No matter what religion you want to follow, it's all open. And mm. there's no force on anyone, like throughout the Sanatana, Krishna consciousness, anything. There's no force conversion. God Himself doesn't want forcefully come anyone to Him. If someone wants to enjoy, they enjoy. someone wants a different lifestyle, they have different lifestyle but gradually, gradually come over. I found her Gita to be a kind of a left, that I can jump from one to second, third, fourth floor, so walk mm. gradually, or I can just open, press a button, jump myself into left, and head to the top floor, or whatever floor I want to do. So that is a good way to start with Gita. Maybe this year, you can start reading it, or maybe next, whenever you feel like it. and. Uh, Connecting with people, discussing what you learn, what your life is, or maybe just having the end of day reflection will help. OK, what did I do? Was I able to do something good, not out of it? Am I able to connect some dots? Maybe, maybe not. So you can think from these different perspectives and see what exactly works for you. And the, you have the life, body, and emotions. Maybe the fourth perspective is also there, that is soul. Like the emotions are temporary, the body is temporary, mind is also there. But what about the soul? Because at the end, even if you think whether the hit button, as you said, the smooth hit button, is it me pressing it? My intelligence telling me off, oh, sleep on or my mind telling me the sleep on, my intelligence telling money to work. And the final decision is actually taken by who? Who is that final decision maker? Can think on that as well. Like whether to hit or not to hit can check it in
0: for your own life maybe you can th- add a fourth person hmm. that's exactly what we discussed on that episode so maybe you have heard that episode and you're coming back so <laughs> thanks a lot guys this was really insightful um, helpful and I would, I would also like to add one part which uh, most profound impact on me from Bhagavad Gita which was the relationship, the way they established the relationship between attachment or lust to anger, anger to delusion, delusion to false memory and false memory to irrationality. That that depth of thinking to get how we are, how we can be irrational by having attachments. I like the, just the level of things they connected to get to that level of uh, insight. I was very impressed by that. And that, you know... It kind of inspired me to read more on it to get to okay how can my attachment leads to such drastic outcomes and then I'm, I'm seeing this some of these relationships in my daily life now so thanks a lot it's been uh, really helpful i want to read more in Bhagavad Gita. i want to read more uh, other sacred texts uh, in different languages because hinduism doesn't discriminate between different languages if you want to read bible or if you read, want to read quran you can go ahead and learn something out of it and one thing which I've observed is you talked about mindfulness and consciousness and talked about stoicism and some aspects. So I think there are universal topics just written in different uh, languages, just presented in different ways, but it all comes back to the same key learning. So thanks for your participation. Thanks for teaching us, uh, enlightening us uh, a bit on Bhagavad so, uh, if you want to listen to more of our podcast, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting session and uh, share it with your friends. So, thanks a lot, guys, and
4: see you another time.